transitioned from being on stage to being more behind the scenes. I wasn't going to be able to stick with the skills that I just learned at uni. I would have to like learn new skills and build upon those skills to continue my creative career. Through those rubbish pieces of art, I actually got better. I think my mental health channels my art sometimes. You can't see what I'm going through, but you can sort of see through my artwork. Hi, I'm Claire, founder of Open Stage Arts Drama and Singing Classes for Adults. Lots of the adults who come to our classes and online events are looking for a creativity that has been put on the back burner during their sensible grown-up years. I have found this to be true among other creatives too, so I've decided to find out more about the painters, photographers, writers, printmakers, actors, crafters, teachers, musicians and more that have found or refound their creativity later in life. Today's guest is John Bond, who has trained in media arts and works in a creative field, but lockdown has seen him develop his own creative explorations, partly because he has the time to do so, but also to look after his mental health each day. Hi, John. Hello, Claire. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Good. You work in media arts, but how do you express yourself creatively? Abstractly, I would probably say, because I do double exposure artwork, and that's quite abstract. It's not traditional art like, say, painting or pencil drawings or something like that. I'm sort of taking one image and then blending it in with another image to create a composite image. That's one way I do it. Sometimes it's through mental health. That's another way I express my artwork. The images could be quite dark, so I could be in a bit of a lower mood or not a happy mood, or they could be colourful, which means I might be in a happy-go-lightly sort of mood or something. And sometimes with my um, with my photography, sometimes it can be expressed that way as well by the sort of the colour palette or the tones that I use with that. So for dramatic stuff, it could be black and white monochrome, or it could be pastel colour. Particularly for now in springtime, it could be quite light and colourful because the, the weather's starting to improve. So that's how I would sort of express myself. Brilliant. Let's go back to when you were younger. What was your arts experience like as a child? My youngest memory was doing drama and performing arts and stuff. I think the earliest memory my mum told me was when I was about three or four. And I think it was just in the Christmas nativity play. I was playing one of the animals and she said you were actually being the character there. You weren't just prattling about on stage. No, you actually were dedicated and you were actually really focused. And I've carried on doing drama through most of my life, really. So I went to a youth theatre group at weekends. We were taught singing and dancing and performing, obviously. And did that from probably about the age of seven till I was 16. Went off to college and did drama for two years and did really well. Did the leading role in Hamlet, which was a bit of a milestone milestone to learn because Shakespeare's not my... um, not my forte, as we say. And I've done Amdram Theatre for most of my young adult life. And even now, not at the moment, obviously, because we're in the middle of the pandemic and theatres are closed. But I've always done it. And it runs in the family because my mum was a dancer and my dad was a performer as well. So I got my, I suppose, the, the bug, let's say, I got from them. I've transitioned from being on stage to be more behind the scenes. I do publicity photographs for theatre companies and for upcoming shows and I've got a reputation for things like that so I know that after my two years at college I thought okay I want to be a professional actor but that didn't really um, 
come to fruition really I just felt like a small fish in a very big pond I left the drama college that I was at and I came back home took a year off and I'd always had an interest in sort of technology and photography so I thought well maybe I can have a go at this and make a career out of being creative so I signed up on a um, foundation degree and um, I did two years there and then I upgraded to do my full BA honours in media arts and I graduated in 2012. Did you know what you wanted to be doing once the degree was over? <laughs> Good question. I think a lot of students are like that sometimes, aren't they? Mm, what do you want to do? I said, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I enjoyed doing doing what I was doing and being creative, and I just wanted to make a good business out of it. It wasn't about money. I didn't want to work for huge global campaigns. I didn't want to get mega rich on it. I just wanted to work on interesting products or projects with things. I was good at photography. I knew my way around a camera, so I thought perhaps probably go into wedding photography or portrait photography or something like that. So I wasn't going to be able to stick with the skills that I just learned at uni. I would have to like learn new skills and build upon those skills to sort of continue my creative career, if that makes sense. So, um, I mean, I primarily focused on filmmaking and the film and animation stuff. So it was very basic 3D sort of things not Pixar animation or anything like that. <laughs> but it was a little diverse, and I've always been a little bit diverse. I don't like going down the conformative route, so I always try and bring something new to the table. And how did you go about finding work once the studies were over? Well, down here in the southwest, there's um let's just say there's possibly not as much sort of media driven work down here in the southwest it's quite quite rural in places so i knew i'd have to sort of branch out a bit further bristol's quite a good place to go so you've got a few studios up there and i was getting into sort of model photography then i was making quite a few contacts doing model photography and i was getting my feet wet in that and i was actually doing quite well out of it and i tried to stay sort of down here all you know, not mainstream London. London's a little bit full on. I know that's where everything is, but London can be a bit full on sometimes. And I'm not, I don't mind visiting London, but I wouldn't want to live there. But it was just picking up little little jobs here and there and just, you know, just finding my way really. During lockdown, I know you have had more time to explore your own art and in particular, a double exposure abstract art. Can you tell me more about that, what it is, how you've been exploring it and just how it helps you in your everyday life in the current situation? Yes. Uh, well, 2020 was a bit of a roller coaster year, as we can all relate to. Everything got shut down. I think everyone's sort of mental health sort of went a little bit haywire and we all needed something to do. Normality sort of ceased to exist at that time, so we had to keep ourselves busy. In terms of the double exposure artwork, I've been doing double exposures for probably about two or three years before the pandemic actually hit. But um, I just like the idea of just going into Photoshop and just taking images or finding some commercial free stock that I can use and just blend them creatively using blend modes or different extraction techniques using Photoshop and just creating an interesting composition. Have a silhouetted face and then put, I don't know, a, a city or a space a space background or something like that to create an interesting sort of eye-catching sort of look. So that's what it began with. It just grew and grew and grew. And during lockdown, it was like a little challenge I set myself. If I can create a little piece of art a day, you know, whether it's a double exposure or something else, because 
a lot of other work sort of dried up really. So I thought, well, it's a time to sort of just be creative and learn new skills. My art isn't everyone's cup of tea, but that's that's art, isn't it? You know, people will get you and some people won't get you. And that's completely fine. But no, it's like a little challenge, really. If I can be creative, to, I think it was just to keep myself sane more than anything, because um, I live here on my own currently at the minute and need something to keep myself distracted. But um, it was just to keep keep sane, really, and just keep creative. Brilliant. Amazing. I know that you are open about your mental health and that you want to support others with their mental health experiences. Can you tell me about why that is important for you? Mental health is a um, a big part of my life and it's a it's something that I openly struggle with. I do suffer with anxiety quite badly and I do suffer with depression. And I know for men particularly, it's, it's not easy to open up. They're a bit frightened to open up about their emotions. You know, they've had this stiff upper lip British sort of men don't cry stigma sort of drilled into their head and they actually find it quite hard to open up or admit they've got problems with their mental health. I struggled with that. I was, oh, you know, I'll be all right. It doesn't matter. You know, I don't need to talk to a counsellor. I'm fine. But um, it sort of came really when uh, my mum got diagnosed with cancer for the second time. Unfortunately, that was the cancer that sadly took her life and everything. And that really made me sort of open up about things, really. And I didn't have a particularly friendly relationship with my father. It made me more aware, actually, I do have a problem with my mental health and I need to talk to someone about it. And it's an ongoing thing. I'm never going to be cured from that. It's, you know, people think you speak to a counsellor for five or six weeks, you're cured. It's not that at all. You just have to just keep working at it. And admittedly, I'm a slow learner. I don't pick up things straight away. And it's the same with my mental health. I'm a lot better than I was, say, a year or 18 months ago. But it's an ongoing battle that I face with self-doubt and imposter syndrome. That's another form of mental health that I struggle with as well. But I also encourage and I do offer my help to people by saying, look, if you've got a problem, say to a, to a man, I say, well, if you've got a problem, talk to me. I've got experience in that. I'm not a trained counsellor, but I know what worked for me. I can always fire off some links to people that can get in touch with you to try and help with your mental health. I think how my mental health, I think my mental health channels my art sometimes. So if it's not part of me, which sounds a bit abstract, I won't share it if you know what I mean. I'm not here to openly shock people. It's just, you know, that's how I'm feeling. And if I can express through art or something like that, then. Um, but it's, as long as you can reach people and connect with people in some form or another, then I think it's better. And I'm a strong advocate and I've talked to mental health campaigners as well, said it's okay for guys to cry. It's getting rid of all that toxic toxic stuff in your body and it's you'll feel a lot better by doing it. And it's okay for men to get help. I don't like it when people shun people away or ostracize people because of their mental health or they admit they've got a struggle I'm always like no you've got a reason you've got a voice speak your story don't hide in the darkness about things just just um, just be open about it yeah exactly overall then you have given yourself a a good form of self-expression you've given yourself something to help keep you lifted during this time 
Mm-hmm. And you've shared that work as well. So the whole, both of those things, actually doing the work and sharing that work, how has that helped your well-being? Have you increased your confidence? Has sharing the work been an overall positive experience or a bit wobbly or something else entirely? Um, it's been a bit of both, I'd probably say. 90% I've actually feel a lot better by sharing some of the work because some of that's actually my best work because I don't have other things to to sort of distract me I didn't have anything else sort of getting in the way so it was a bit more freeing and a bit more liberating it's touched a lot more people um I've joined Clubhouse which is where we obviously met and um, by doing that I've sort of gained new contacts and they sort of have followed me and followed my work and they're like oh my God, if I didn't have this app or didn't know you were on this app, I wouldn't have followed you or found you. So that's been quite good. And a lot more people have sort of reached out to me and saying, I like that technique. Can you perhaps teach me how to do it? And I'm not precious about my technique. And, you know, the technique that I've done, it's been it's been done a thousand times before. I'm not, I'm, I'm copying it, but putting my own sort of twist on it. It's not your IP. You don't own this. You don't have the right to keep the secret. So it's just like, well, no, I'll teach you how to do it, you know. And um, and I don't mind teaching people or helping people in that regard. So that's been quite beneficial. And that's made me feel good saying I actually do have a purpose. And my work is liked by people and it's followed by people. And I can pass on the, my knowledge and skills to another generation or to another creative and they can exchange things with me as well so it's sort of like a exchange thing really and it gives me something to do and it helps somebody else sort of get out of a creative rut and that's what I sort of try and do really um admittedly a couple of posts that I've done have shocked people like some people who thought they knew me they were like I never knew you struggled with things like that I never knew you were feeling that desperate and I'm like well it's the truth. I can't hide from it. You know, you can't see what I'm going through, but you can sort of see through my artwork. The lockdown hasn't been easy. Like it hasn't been easy for a lot of people, but we will get through it. It's quite a a dark sort of backdrop, but there's a hint of light coming through with getting through the worst of this pandemic now. And there is hope at the end of the tunnel that life will resume. We've been through a tough time, but we will get there. No, definitely. Thank you, John. I love sharing my guests' stories with you, but podcasting isn't cheap. There are hosting fees and software costs, tech to buy and time to invest in planning and editing to make sure the guests sound great and listeners hear the best content. If you'd like to financially support Creativity Found, please visit ko-fi.com slash creativityfoundpodcast. What do you hope to be doing in the future? Do you have specific plans? Um, Obviously, in lockdown, I've been developing my own skills again. I've been learning new software and new technology. So in a way, sort of preparing myself for the future, because I think the the way we work is going to be a lot different. Like people will be working from home. They won't necessarily be working in big businesses or big offices anymore. And with new challenges or new ways of doing things, um, new technology needs to be learned or new ways of doing things needs to be learned. Some people think, oh, well, you're too old to sort of change career now or learn new things. You can learn at any age, whether you're in your 20s or if you're in your 80s, you can learn things. So 
just it just shows you how if you've got enough ambition and drive and stuff then you can actually achieve what you can and that's what I say to people who get a bit frustrated with creative burnout I said yeah it happens but you know you just got to um got to keep doing it you got to keep practicing with it just keep practicing and you'll get it it's like the double exposures if I look back at some of my work that I did four or five years ago I thought oh my god what the hell was I thinking it's god awful but through those rubbish pieces of art I actually got better now I know which tricks not to do or what technique not to do <laughs> so I've been teaching myself new software teaching myself sort of 3d software so so that's using blender which is an open source free software it can actually create quite compelling pieces of 3d artwork as well so again it's abstract I like abstract so I'm creating abstract pieces with it it's actually gaining a lot of momentum in the advertising industry so I'm teaching myself that it's picking technology which which is already there and adapting skills to and adding skills to my skill set that might be quite useful for companies in the future I've been keeping the flow going with doing editing for properties and real estate companies at the moment bringing some money in but it's not what I want to do I like to be a bit more expressive and a bit more diverse than that just being known for my skills and just being relied on that you know I'll do a good job because I am a professional I am a bit of a perfectionist and I do try and aim for the best I don't know what the future holds for me at the minute because it's a bit of a big question mark but creating more stuff and being more creative in certain things I think really (laughs) brilliant yes yes hopefully so there are many many podcasts out there it's difficult to know where to start. So I like to ask my guests for their recommendations. You're welcome. Happy Place, which is um, one that Fern Cotton presents. And that's one I listen to quite a lot in, in the car, actually. She talks to quite well-known celebrities, but she also talks to other people that I never heard of. And some of their stories are quite similar to mine. Brilliant. Thank you so much, John. How can people connect with you? The best way probably is to go on my Instagram, which is memoir underscore multimedia. And then it's the same on um, Facebook. So memoir multimedia. That's my creative business name. That's perfect. Thank you ever so much, John. Right. No problem. Pleasure. Creativity Found is an Open Stage Arts production. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to subscribe, rate and review. If you would like to help fund future episodes, you can buy us a coffee. That's K-O-F-I, the online platform that helps creators receive financial support from fans of their work. Visit ko-fi.com slash creativityfoundpodcast. If you have found your creativity as an adult and would like to talk to me for future episodes, drop me a line at claire at openstagearts.co.uk. On Instagram or Facebook, follow at Creativity Found Podcast, where you will find photos of our contributors' artworks and be kept abreast of everything we're up to. When I created the Creativity Found website and the collective membership, I had no previous knowledge regarding the technical aspects of making an idea into a reality, a bit like when I started this podcast.
I came across Kajabi, which allowed me to build the website so that visitors can easily find the creative classes, kits or supplies they are looking for through pages that look inviting and that showcase my members' talents. Kajabi also handles the membership, my mailing list and newsletters, the online community, taking payments, and it's where I host the Creativity Found Collective online meetups. If you're interested to learn more about how Kajabi can help you run and streamline your small business, you can find an affiliate link in the show notes and receive a 14-day free trial.